0: this show is for you.
1: We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important
0: work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default.
1: So Chris just did a really big thing, a really big big accomplishment for himself. And I wanted to talk about that on the podcast today because I think it's very family brand related. Um, maybe not on first glance, but as we were talking through it a little bit more, I was like, oh, we have to talk about this on the podcast. So today, we've alluded to it a few times in the past. Chris is going to talk about, we are going to talk about his bodybuilding competition that he recently competed in um, for the first time ever. So welcome Chris to the Family Brand podcast <laughs> to discuss your bodybuilding
0: show. Thank you. It is such an honor to be here <laughs> with you. You know, it's I think there's so many lessons in this and I think I could talk about it for hours and obviously we won't. I have always been fascinated. I shouldn't say always, but since high school, my oldest brother came to live with us for a period of time and we started lifting weights together. And that began this fascination with just lifting weights and health and fitness and strength. And that fascination has just grown for me. And when I look back, maybe it's supposed to be there in, in some ways. When I first started my coaching business, a lot of the initial clients I had were actually, um, healthcare practitioners, but alternative healthcare practitioners, like naturopathic doctors, functional medicine, doctors, nutritionists. And I, that was kind of, I fell into that by accident, but right away realized, oh, I love, I love this industry. I love these people. And that added another dimension of fascination to me around health that was different than strength and fitness. This was more around nutrition, food, the type of environment, cleaning products, you know, and then it's just, yeah, that's just always been a fascination with me. I feel like I've been pretty committed to my health and my fitness for quite some time. And in the back of my mind, kind of always wanted to do a show, not because I wanted to become a bodybuilder, but again, I just, I've been, I've also been fascinated for a long time with like possibility, like what's possible, what's out there. I saw my sister-in-law, Emily, she was really inspiring to me because she did a couple shows and I saw just how committed she was, how disciplined she was, how what kind of shape she got into, again, what was possible for her. Saw one of our best friends, Kuleana, she did a couple of shows, same thing. Her discipline, her commitment, um, just how incredible of like shape she got into and the the sense of accomplishment I could tell it was for her and for Emily. And then also...
1: Emily being my sister yeah, that did the show.
0: Yeah. And then as we've moved back to Pima, I've had the opportunity to work with a company called um, Optimal Health Systems, and they became a client of mine. They've become friends of ours, uh, Doug and Hillary, and they have a beautiful gym in their backyard that they let us work out in. And their, their supplements are awesome. They're whole food, no synthetics, no fillers, like truly good for you like remarkable natural supplements well they're big into the natural bodybuilding world i think hillary's
1: three-time reigning miss olympia and the nat- so
0: there's two there's two kind of 100%. worlds of bodybuilding there's the unnatural anything goes they don't test you and then there's the natural well doug and hillary you know could tell i was pretty committed to my fitness and working out and they started kind of hey you should do a show and long story short i think we're this is totally family brand related Is the first element of this to me is I, I told them yes and gave them my word. And then I knew that for me, my my coach, Steve calls it hanging yourself with your own tongue. That if you really want to be committed to something, go start telling everyone. So you're kind of hanging yourself with your own tongue. So I told Melissa, I told my kids, I told anyone that would listen, even though they probably weren't interested or cared because I wanted to be accountable around being my word and keeping my word.
1: I think another thing that at least from my outside perspective that really got you okay i'm gonna not just talk about this but i'm actually gonna do it is when we were in croatia um with some other entrepreneurial families this summer Mm. you were talking i remember you talking kiri marie yeah kiri marie and she was like so but when are you actually doing it like pick a show get it on the calendar and you were like oh
0: yeah because she she is gonna do a bodybuilding show in april but she had her 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 first one as well She'd pick the date, hired a coach, hired a trainer. And I love that she totally called me out. And again, that's why, you know, all of us could use someone who's committed enough to us to call us out and challenge us. I said, yeah, I'm going to do one. She goes, when? And I was like, oh, sometime. She goes, no, when? Like, without a date, you're not doing it. And that got me in motion. I committed to this date in September.
1: Another funny story, unrelated, like going back to what Chris said, how he's been curious around his health for a long time. I remember on our first date, our very first date, we um went uh riding four wheelers and we just rode on the same four wheeler. Are you embarrassed what I'm talking about? No, this? I think it's hilarious. <laughs> and you're about
0: to you're about you're gonna embarrass yourself, if anything.
1: <laughs> we were riding on a four wheeler. Chris was driving, I was behind him and he had been working out all summer. We were this date was at the end of the summer. And I remember like I had to hold on to him from behind, right? And I was like, Wow, he's like so strong. <laughs>
0: I was like, man, Melissa's a real hussy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that until she's, yeah, holding on tighter than she needed to.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it, just to prove my point in telling that, is, I think it's funny looking back on. And you have been very curious, you know, sometimes more than others, just how life goes sometimes, but for a really long time, our whole
0: marriage. So I think, you know, Melissa, this was her idea to talk about this and, and share some of the lessons that I learned and maybe some of the things that apply to, to family and again, the first one really is commitment. So if you're right, even before being your word, it's, it's like, what are we really willing to get committed to? Because I think there's a lot of things we say we want to do. There's a lot of things that we say are important to us. And, and I've actually experienced that sometimes that almost feels good enough, even though it's kind of this false sense of security. It's, it's kind of like, oh, I really want to do a triathlon. Well, there's a difference between saying, I want to do a triathlon and then committing to do the triathlon, deciding to do it and setting the date. But sometimes I think you can kind of pacify yourself because you think you're taking steps towards it by talking about it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I was around the show. I'd been talking about it for years and it almost seemed like I was doing something about it when in reality, I was just talking about it. And, and, and I've made this distinction before, I think on the podcast, my buddy Brad says there's a difference between decision and deciding. And deciding has the, the side, C-I-D-E, which is Latin for to kill off, right? Like homicide, herbicide, pesticide. So a decision is, okay, i made the decision I'm gonna do a bodybuilding show, but it doesn't carry a whole lot of commitment. Deciding is what Kiri Marie held me accountable to, which is, no, I, I'm, I, I've chosen the date, I've paid, I've registered, now I'm committed. And that's one of the things we talk a lot about in our family is just being committed. And then like, signing yourself up for, for big things that you have to really commit to that will require some effort. I also love that. One of the things my coach, Steve Hardison says about commitment is when you get committed, it creates like a black hole in the universe that that pulls things to it for your aid and for your benefit. So got committed. Then I had an opportunity to be my word. And that's something that we've actually been focusing a lot on in our family recently is we talk about this as part of the culture of our home is we want to create a culture and we want to be people, all of us that do what we say we're gonna do and that people can count on us and we can count on each other another principle in this is the idea of like doing hard things like are we capable of doing hard things our uh, one of our family values is smiths do hard things and and then another one of our values is smiths are healthy and active so there was an opportunity a real opportunity i saw to be a demonstration of that and to to intentionally choose to do a hard thing It ended up being a hard thing for our family too, because there was lots of sacrifices that they made and lots of meal prep they helped with and lots of hanger issues on my part. Mm -hmm. They dealt Mm with. Well, I even think about, we are committed to elevate and inspire others, which is our vision statement. And in some ways I felt like, man, maybe I could, maybe I could elevate and inspire others. And that's, it's been surprising to me how many people have reached out and shared with me. They were inspired, but then it's like, well, I was inspired by Kuliana. I was inspired by Emily. I was inspired by Hillary. and so. There were so many times because we, because I work out in their backyard, I work out really early where usually no one's there. There were so many days where I was like, so I I would wake up with the idea of, I only have, I only get to eat 1500 calories today or 1400. Like that's the first thought I'd wake up. haven't even started my day in this daunting, like cloud looming over me of you get to eat 1400 calories today. And by the way, you have a gnarly one hour workout waiting for you right now, plus an hour of cardio. So I'm already hungry on top. So there were so many days where I was like, no one would know if I go to the gym. No one would know if I go to the gym and just sleep on a bench. No one would know if I go to the gym and do all of the reps. Like it's just, there was that confronting part around again, just being my word to myself though, doing a hard thing. And there were so many days, like I wanted to quit. I remember like six weeks ago, I kind of tweaked my back a little bit and it was It was enough to where I could have justifiably been like, oh, my, I hurt my back. I can't compete. And I seriously was considering using my back as a reason. And everyone would have understood. There was times where like, why am I doing this? Why am I choosing to do this now at this season of my life where it's so busy and crazy? And so there was just so many times where I wanted to quit. And then I would remember. I would remind myself of who I am and I would remind myself, why am I doing this? And. I realized really, early on, I wasn't just doing it for me. I, I, part of me was doing it for my brother, Scott, who, who passed away in 2017. And I, I thought about him a lot and how he's the one that got me into, you know, working out and started that fascination. I felt a real connection to him throughout this. I thought about my nephew, Bradley, who passed away in 2017 as well, who was equally as fascinated about health and fitness. And we would talk about all kinds of things. We would always talk about workouts, supplements. Organic energy drinks, meditation, yoga, conspiracy theories around health and fitness, like, Mm -hmm. and and I thought about him, and I just thought, man, they would have loved this as much as I would have, and so that that gave me motivation. I also just thought about like, well, I'm a Smith, and man, Smiths, we we do hard things. We are creators. We are healthy and active. And I also thought about the fact that Melissa and my kids were watching me, and it's like, well, who who am I going to be in this, and how will they see me? respond and so for me i mean the show was super fun and super fascinating and and weird and and i'll talk about that like that was awesome but to me the 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 most useful and powerful aspects of it was everything that led up to the show
1: so i know that everyone listening maybe most people listening have never wanted to do a bodybuilding show maybe you have Mm. but it doesn't i think this applies much broader than anyone who wants to do a bodybuilding show i think totally anyone listening who has ever wanted to do something big or go you know go for a goal or something could apply like a lot of what you're saying to to that thing but how did you i think sometimes as parents we get like you alluded to earlier we get so busy and our lives are already full how can you justify doing something like this or how like what was your thought process that helped you decide like yes this is something worth going for for myself?
0: Yeah, it's a great question because I do think it applies to anything that's meaningful or important to you. I think a lot of times as as an individual, especially as a parent, you have a thought of something you want to go do. I want to go start that business. I want to go get this certification. I want to go pursue this career. I want to go pursue this education, like whatever it is. And I think one of the things that comes up a lot is what will other people think of me? You know, like, what would my parents say? What are other people going to say? Are people going to think I'm selfish for doing this? Are people going to think I'm crazy for doing this? Are people going to think, like, why are you doing this this late in life? So I think one of the things you really have to, like, overcome is to realize, well, do you care more about what other people think of you or do you care more about the thing you feel called to go do? And I think it's really healthy to just realize, like, there's no power in actually caring what people think of you. There really isn't. And it doesn't mean you have to be selfish, but man, like you deserve to pursue the things that are important to you. You deserve to pursue the things that, that call to you more than you deserve to care what other people think of you. So there is some element of guilt or shame or caring what people think of you that I think is useful to just realize that's there. And then I would say the second thing is I think a lot of parents, myself at times that I've bought into this lie or this myth that I I, I believe it's a lie and a myth that, well, during the season of my life, while I'm a parent. I just have to put everything that's important to me on hold. Like I can't pursue things that are meaningful and important to me. I can't pursue hobbies and interests. And I also think we make those trade-offs in other areas, right? Like if you're an entrepreneur and you own your own business, I think sometimes it's like, well, now that I'm an entrepreneur and I have a family, I just, you know, I can't be healthy. I just got to let that part go. Or man, because I'm so committed to my health and my family, I'm, I'm not able to be as successful in my business. And I'm not saying that there aren't some little trade-offs and at times areas of your life get more attention than others. However, I really believe it's possible and I'm striving to be a demonstration. Not even like, not that I'm going to have a business around this, but I just want to show the world that you can be a parent who spends intentional time with your children, has a good marriage, has a successful career business, and still pursue things that you want to do. That's possible. And I see other people that, and it doesn't come without intention. It doesn't come without some sacrifice. And again, there's some areas that are going to give more to others at times. But I would just say to to you, if that's you, like you you can pursue the things that are meaningful to you while still showing up for your family, still showing up for your marriage and your health. And you're going to have to confront some limiting beliefs that maybe that's not possible because it is. And you're going to have to confront some of other people's opinions and realize like it's more important for me to pursue what I want than what other people think of me. And then look how you use your time. I mean, I know that sounds so cliche, but I, 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 there's been times in my life where I'm like, well, I don't have time, you know? And then I look at how I'm spending my time and I was like, well, no, I do have time. I'm just not creating it. And I t- talked about this last week. This is absolutely a true principle for me in my life. How I start my mornings is how I finish my days. So if I start my mornings very unintentionally, sleeping in, getting to bed really late, like all the things that go in your morning and then say, I don't have time to do the things I'm committed to. I think you could change that.
1: I watched a video recently that it always comes to the top of my mind. Um, I don't even think I could find it to like link it or anything, but it just talked about, um, your brain and how your brain works. And especially if you start your morning, um, like picking up your phone and just like scrolling or taking in information, how that really does change your brainwaves in the morning. Like, I can't remember what the brainwaves are supposed to be, but when you wake up, you have certain brainwaves that are coming out of sleep. And when you start um, scrolling or, you know, just getting on your phone right away, it actually changes those from what they normally are. And I thought that was super, super fascinating.
0: Yeah. And when I say start your morning, how you start your morning, it could be everything from just the time you wake up, To give yourself enough time to do some things but to melissa's point yeah there's so much research that shows that if you'll wake up and 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 look there's a lot of research also that just the circadian rhythm of like if you if you can go to bed and get up at a consistent time doesn't have to be on the minute that regulates your mood it regulates so many things it's so useful and some of the most practical advice i've ever gotten is wake up do not touch your phone go and drink. A tall glass of water to literally—we always think about hydrating your brain, your body. It's it's actually also hydrating your brain, right? So you you make yourself smarter by drinking a tall glass of water, and then do something around like a little bit of meditation, journaling, um, breathing, yoga, and then if you can go move your body. And I just feel like when I start my day in momentum, that momentum sustains me and carries me throughout the day. And so I would just say, like, if they, to Melissa's point, if there's anything for me, it was this bodybuilding show, but for whatever it is for you as a parent, figure out a way to get committed to it first, right? Move it out of the, I'm talking about it. I've made the decision, move it to the, I've decided and I've committed whatever that looks like. I've signed up for the class. I've purchased the thing. I've set the date. Then remind yourself that you're more committed to the thing than you are what other people think of you. And then you've just And then, so third, and then third start to believe I can still be an amazing wife, mother, husband, father, and pursue things so that, that you got to believe that. And then just be really honest with yourself about how you're using your time. I mean, that's the little formula. I think that, and then, and then when you're doing it, when the issues come up and it creates a little bit of chaos in your marriage, it creates a little bit of chaos in your family. That isn't a reason to be like, okay, this is hard. I'm going to give up. It's like, okay, how do I navigate this? How do I remind myself of who I am and what I'm committed to? And it's just a creation.
1: I hope this sounds related when I share this right now. But um, I've been taking piano lessons with our oldest son this semester. And um, I had piano lessons yesterday and I hadn't practiced really at all in the last couple weeks. And she was like, Melissa, just my piano teacher was saying this. She was like, you just have to get into the habit of it. She's like, at at first, why don't you just set aside ten minutes a day? She's like, if you even if you just set aside ten minutes, nothing more, even set a timer. She's like, then at that when you come back here in a week, you will have practiced 70 minutes. Mm. And so I think that could be important here. Like even if you don't feel like you can accomplish, you know, huge things in the next few days, could you set aside even just 10 minutes to work towards the thing that you want to do.
0: That is such good advice. It reminds me of our 14 year old Santa, our 14 year old son, Tanner is wanting to put on some size and some muscle for sports. And his, his poor guy's natural genetics so far, just, he's just a little guy, you know, he's, (laughs) but he's, he's awesome. He's a really good, he's really good athlete. He just wants to get bigger and stronger. And so me being, you know, the guy that's all about possibility and, (laughs) I lay out this really, you know, detailed meal plan for him. And, and then just Melissa to help me see it's like, no, it's way too much. And he, it's going to be so hard to get in the habit of that. So what we challenged him with is what if you could just make one really good protein shake a day? That's got a lot of protein, a lot of carbs, like just get that down to where it's just second nature where once it becomes a habit, then add one more thing. And so I, I think that's really profound. I think that's really great advice because I think sometimes we look at it like, well, I can't do it all and I can't do it as big as I want to, so why even start? Why even bother? But I promise you that you would would thank you, like three months from now, you would thank you for spending 10 minutes a day on the piano. Yeah. You would have made a lot of progress, even if it stayed 10 minutes for 90 days. The other thing I want to say in this, my brain looked throughout this whole training process which just for context i i've i've worked out pretty consistently for years but the actual training i would say was probably about 12 weeks would you say pretty intense
1: i would yes and i would clarify and say you have been working out every five days a week counting your macros etc monitoring every bit of food that you eat for a year (laughs) so <laughs> i have a
0: problem and i like it i know some people are like why would you do that to yourself i I kind of geek out on it and like So the
1: it. actual like cut and like working towards the show was 12 weeks but it was like nine months even before that
0: in our family we've you've probably heard us talk about this but we do best worst weirdest at dinner and so each one of us goes around and says best part of a day worst part of a day weirdest part of our day and melissa such a saint and i think she's just gotten used to like that i count my macros but i remember one day she was like the worst part of my day is dad counting his macros because <laughs> i had like paused i held up dinner and uh i don't know why that's so funny to me right now <laughs> because you're awesome you've just been patient with me um so here's what's interesting when i would say i was in the actual cut phase for 12 weeks my mind on its own looked for way more reasons, way more often why I shouldn't do it than why I should. And I think that's also just useful to know that our minds are hardwired to kind of look f- for what isn't working in our lives, what we don't have, what we don't want, why it won't work. Now, most of us might think, well, why, but why do our minds work like that? Why don't our minds just help us out? Why don't our minds instead? look for all the reasons why we can do it and why it is going to work and what we do have. And I read in Michael Hyatt's book, who Michael's amazing. He's been on the podcast. He's going to come back on the podcast. He has a new book with his daughter, Megan, called Mind Your Mindset. And what they talk about in the book is our kind of prehistoric hardwiring of our brains from like the days when we were trying to stay, when we were trying to survive like saber-toothed tigers and things that were trying to eat us. Well, that's obviously not the reality anymore. We don't have things that are going to you know, threaten us in that way. However, the mind is hardwired to keep you safe. And the only way it knows how to keep you safe is to look at dangers and to look at risks and to make you aware of them. So the brain, on it's thinking it's doing its job. Well, it is doing its job, but it's thinking it's helping you by saying, oh yeah, remember that time when you were six years old and they left you at the park? Yeah, like don't ever trust anyone again. Or, hey, remember that time that that friend did that to you? Or, hey, remember that time you went for that thing and it didn't? Well, the brain's thinking it's helping you by mm-hmm. keeping you aware of the dangers and the risks and the guilt and the shame. But in an effort to serve us, it actually sabotages us all the time, interestingly enough. So that's why they say you have to mind your mindset. You can't let this thing just run wild and do its thing or it'll sabotage the heck out of you. You actually, and this is a lesson that I'm learning more and more and really trying to share it with my children and all of, my, all of our clients is you actually have to take control of your own mind, as interesting as that sounds. And you have to tell your mind what you want it to think and believe because left to itself, it'll think and believe whatever it wants. And I just saw that so many times in this. It's like so wild to me that when I just let my mind run, it'll be like, okay, what kind of excuse could we use to get out of this? You know what? Just go eat a freaking double cheeseburger. Like no one's going to know. You know what? Like you'll probably never make it to the stage anyways. Like it's just my mind would just like, It's crazy. And so, I just, when you go to start pursuing that thing and you get committed to it, just know that your mind is going to do that. But you have to step back in and be like, hold on, no, no, hold on. I am committed. I am healthy and active. I can do hard things. I'm going to do, you know. And so, I just, that was really apparent to me throughout this that the mind really wants to look for things and look for reasons why it won't happen and why it's not going to be possible.
1: And you did so good in your show. Thanks I just list. want to acknowledge you for, yeah, you did amazing. It was so fun, like, that last day. I guess you did say that earlier. You're like, oh, we'll talk about, like, the, the weirdness of it. Maybe just tell us about, like, just some of the yeah funnyness well, of, of the last day. First
0: of all, it was amazing. I think another, okay, another principle that's highlighted in this to me for sure is just the power of coaching and, and mentorship and leadership, right, that, We can be real coaches and mentors and leaders to our spouses, to our children, and the power of just seeking out coaches and leaders and mentors in the area of that thing that's important to you. Like, to me, if you find something that's important and meaningful to you, and you can find a coach, a mentor, a leader, whether that, whether they're paid or not, it's like this ultimate hack to like shortcut so many things. And so for me, like I had Doug and Hillary who were amazing. Not just in the prep of leading up to it, but the show itself and getting me registered and hey, be here at this time and so I'd never gotten a spray tan before. So that in of itself was a fascinating experience. Never shaved my arms or legs. That was or, you know, that was a fascinating experience.
1: Would you have to do both to I'm just trying yeah. to picture? Is there anyone listening that has never seen it? Yeah, you have to shave like your that?
0: arms, your legs, your armpits, your chest so that your spray tan, you know, goes on and obviously with the less hair you have, the more your muscles show.
1: And you have to have the spray tan because the lights on stage the spray tan accentuates your definition more, right? Is that the reason why you get the spray tan? And I've
0: never had a spray tan before, so I don't know what a normal one is, but I don't, like, this is like a caked on, multi-layer spray tan. (laughs) And so they tell me where to go for the spray tan. And I get this text message and it's like, okay, show up here at this hotel at this time. Don't tell the front desk you're here for spray tan. They don't know what's going on. Just come to this building, come to this room. So... Show up to this, it, and the show's in Vegas. Show up to this, like, moderately seedy hotel, hotel <laughs> in a moderately, like, questionable part of town in Vegas. I go, knock on this door. They're like, do you have your cash? It, it's just like, you know, it kind of seems like a drug deal's going down. I give them my cash. They open up the hotel room door. And, like, I don't know how they pulled it off. There's no beds in there. And there's, like, five booths back-to-back of spray tanning booths it looks like just like this like industrial like workshop and people are just getting spray tanned in there and like well and i'm just like people are coming out like kind of like orangish and i'm just like this is so fascinating <laughs> this is so like awesome like i just love the whole experience of it right so i get my spray tan i come out i look pretty orange i get to our friend's house who we're staying with in vegas and Melissa and uh Tate see me and they're like, "Oh my gosh, like I've never seen you with a spray tan." I'm like, "Yeah, I've never seen me with a spray tan." And they're like, "Okay, you can't wash your hands cuz it'll wash off your spray tan. You can't put on deodorant. It'll wash off your spray tan." So that was that night.
1: And then we we had to buy like special sheets like that are black yeah, so that he I can lay sleep on like the this sheets basically
0: the whole night <laughs> like not ruin my spray tan. I felt sticky, gross.
1: Which Chris is a guy that showers every single morning.
0: Oh, and like Regardless. textures like yeah. bother me. And like, <laughs> yeah, I iron my T-shirt. <laughs> like
1: This is not, he's not exaggerating.
0: And so, so the next morning I go for my second coat and again, same hotel, same hotel room, get my second coat. Now the miracle was that after my, my coach Doug told me, Hey, you can go get buttermilk pancakes, maple syrup and turkey bacon. So I was like, I've been eating a meal like that in literally months. So I get my second coat. I look even more orange and I just Google pancakes and I find the Blueberry Hill restaurant which just down the street. So I walk into this restaurant with this crazy looking fake spray tan. Everyone's staring at me. I'm by myself at like 6.30 in the morning, eating pancakes, just being like, what am I doing? <laughs> this is amazing. The pan- best pancakes I've ever eaten in my life, by the way. Truly? Yeah. And then the, the show comes. And again, Doug and Hillary are awesome because they're just coaching me through everything and like what supplements to take and how to eat and when to eat. And I get there and get registered, get my number and all that. And then they're like, before I go on stage, they're like, oh, hey, you got to get a touch up with your spray tan. So I go get touched up, just areas where I'd slept on it or whatever. And then they're like, oh, I'm, and now you got to get glazed. And I was like, what's glazed? And they're like, well, just come over here. So I go over there and I turn around and they're like, hey, this guy needs to get glazed. And all of a sudden these two girls like start dipping their hands in something and just rubbing me all over the front and the back. And the glaze is like what has you like be shiny, I guess, (laughs) with your spray tan. But it's like I haven't washed my hands in almost a day and a half. I haven't had deodorant. I stink. Everyone stinks. And I will say, though, everyone was so helpful, so kind, so supportive. There wasn't this like competitive like, oh, I can't be friendly to you because I'm competing against you. That was really cool to see. And then a a couple other cool, really thing, really cool things was, you know, they have a lot of different categories in the natural bodybuilding. Like there was a woman in her seventies, mid seventies competing in her first bodybuilding show, and she looked great. Mm It was like in great shape. There was a guy who had had a heart attack and it was because he was really overweight. That was a wake up call and he'd lost a ton of weight. So there's really inspiring stories. Just seeing that and seeing people. There was a guy who was 67 who looked way better than I've ever, like. He's shredded in the most incredible shape, naturally. So it's like, man, that guy's must. That guy's had a lifelong commitment to this. So the discipline and the. It was just cool to see that.
1: And you, um, I'll just add that you. There's many different, yeah, divisions. Some are where you, the men wear like board shorts, and there's different like, um, what's the word uniforms that you would wear, and that's the one you did.
0: That's yeah. The one with the board shorts. I did the board shorts. All my buddies were like, Where's this picture of you in the Speedo or the bu- the <laughs> bikini bottoms? I'm like, Oh, sorry. I did the board shorts. <laughs> I would say another really interesting thing that occurred to me that I, I would love to share is just how, use, how useless comparison is. Like, it, I, I really believe the only useful comparison is against yourself, right? It's against your own progress that you've made and being able to acknowledge you have made progress and against your own potential. And I think. It's also really useful to realize you're only competing against yourself and your own potential. Because when I got back there, you know, it was easy to look at other people and be like, oh my gosh, look at him, look at her. Like, And if if I wasn't careful, I was able to start thinking like, oh man, they look way better than me and I should have prepared more. I should be in better shape. I should look better. And then all of a sudden I was able to, luckily, because I think I've worked a lot on this, I was able to catch it and be like, hold on, this is my first ever show. I'm proud of myself for being here. If I look at like where I was even 12 weeks ago to where I am now, I've gotten down to almost 4% body fat. I'm in the best shape of my life. And isn't that fascinating? I've accomplished all of that. And yet, if I'm not careful, the only thing I'll do is compare myself to others Mm -hmm. and think about what I'm not and what I don't have. And then I just kind of told myself, I was like, dude, you've already won. Before you even step on stage, you've already won because you've gotten in the best shape of your life. You've done something really hard. You've been an example to your family. You did what you said you're going to, you know, and so I would just, that's another principle I would encourage you to think about is if you're striving, you're winning. Like if you're showing up and you've made the commitment and you're keeping your word. And even if you're not perfect in it, give yourself some credit, like look for the good. Again, your mind is hardwired to compare and look for the deficiencies. And so that was another principle that came out of this that I've shared with people is yeah, if you're striving, like you've already won. Like if you're showing up, if you're committed, um, and so then it just made it fun. It's like, I don't, whatever place I get, like, I'm going to go out and do my best. I would also say that just that you really can do hard things. You really can do uncomfortable, confronting, awkward, vulnerable things. Like for me, the posing, I honestly was so naive. I thought people just went up there and flexed. Posing is like this amazing art. and. I learned a little bit about it. I still am a novice. I got better at it, but I have a whole new respect for that sport of just how, how much of an art posing is. Uh, another, I know there's a lot of lessons that came out of this, which by the way, I, part of me thinks like I could have planned better. And part of me is like, no, I'm glad I did it this way. Cause it's just life. Two weeks before my show, I had a business trip to Nashville to do an event with Michael Hyatt, which was amazing. And I had, I ended up hauling all my own meals in a Yeti backpack on the plane with ice packs, ate out of Tupperware, had a request that a microwave be brought into my room. And everyone was like, you're crazy. I can't Mm -hmm. believe you're that committed and disciplined. Even crazier, the week of the show, which is called peak week, it's the most important week. Like you could like, you could make it or break the whole show and 12 weeks of training in during peak week. We had given our word to Ivy in, or Indian Trip that we'd take him to Disneyland for the first time. Well, that's before I just I didn't do the best job of planning. And Monday and Tuesday of peak week, my show Saturday, we we're in Disneyland. And Doug and Hillary were like, "You are insane! We've never, I've never trained anyone nor known anyone that would be crazy enough to go to <laughs> Disneyland." And
1: I just think you didn't know. I mean,
0: oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, so I hauled all my own food to Disneyland, got him to bring me a a microwave. I didn't eat a single churro. Didn't even take a bite. I sniffed him. But you know what was interesting about that? Is people are like, wasn't that so hard? Wasn't that so hard? And it's like, well, it actually wasn't because I think I decided. I think things are hard when you haven't really committed and decided. So if you've just made the decision, then every time you're confronted with it, you're going to have to like remake the decision and remake. But once you decide and once you get committed, it's like, I mean, I wouldn't say it was hard. I mean, yeah, I would have, I would have inhaled some churros for sure. Like if I wasn't probably on the, um, on that plan. So again, that's just like, you can really, you can really do something if you're committed to it. Maybe the most profound thing though, the whole experience for me, Hillary crushed it. She won both of the divisions she entered and then she even won the overall competitor award for the entire thing, men and women, like it's called the Eagle award. So she just crushed it and, and looked amazing, by the way. like I've seen pictures of her in other shows, and I think maybe this is the best she's ever looked. Well, that's the show's on Saturday. We get, we get back in the town Sunday. I think Doug and Hillary got back in the town really late Sunday. And then Monday morning, I'm back in the gym working out. And in really early comes Hillary and... I'm in there doing the incline walking, you know, for cardio. And she comes in there, and starts doing her sprints. And I snapped a selfie of her without her knowing it. And I posted it, but I was like, how cool is it that this woman just won two divisions, won the overall, and yet here she is showing up. Right. And so this idea, like, I think a lot of us want to the, 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 the phrase show out, you want to show out, which means like do really well on something, but are we willing to show up and. She would have been so justified and like, I just crushed it. I've been insane, you know, training. I'm going to take a few days off. And first thing Monday morning, she's back out there getting after it, which was really inspiring to me. So I'd like to publicly apologize to Melissa (laughs) for all that I put her through during the show. And I appreciate your support. And, And I think that's another principle in this is like, I think it's important to try and be aware of each other's goals and dreams and like look for ways to support them look for ways to breathe life into them like if melissa says something that's really important or meaningful or i do it's hard sometimes but man that was huge to know it was already super hard if melissa wouldn't have been supportive i it, i really think it would have been impossible for me
1: and i do think we realized i realized okay this isn't gonna be like this forever where it's you know it's going to require so much planning of meals and so much like time in the gym it was just a short a short window for for something that was really meaningful to you so and i could see how that that perspective of like just being able to roll with it for a few weeks or a couple months or whatever why why you were training or why your partner is pursuing something like that that would be really important
0: and maybe and if that speaks to you this part what we just shared we really we did an episode that i really loved that all about speaking possibility into your spouse's dreams, your children, and just supporting each other and things they want to go after. And we can link to that in the show notes. Um, and I'll answer the question that maybe you're, you're wondering, or a lot of people have asked like, well, so are you a bodybuilder now? Are you going to do another show? And I've decided I'm not going to do another show as of now, just because I think of the sacrifice it required. However, it has generated in me an even deeper fascination and appreciation of fitness. And and so now I want to pursue, you know, again, the next level of what's possible for me and do something that I've always wanted to do, but never committed to. And that is I've always wanted to put on a little bit of size while staying lean and becoming a runner. And when I say becoming a runner, like I don't run. Like the other day, Melissa was like, Are you, what's wrong with you? You're going to run? Like,
1: Not that there's anything wrong with running. I just have known Chris almost 20 years and never once has he been like, I'm gonna go for a run. <laughs> She's like, is someone
0: chasing you? Someone after you? Why are you running? And so it did. It did spark in me another appreciation for just the body. Like the body is also just amazing. Like what the body is capable of. And and look, I I I celebrate anyone in any area of their life, whatever shape they're in or not in, who's willing to do something about that and pursue something that around that. I I know how challenging and confronting that could be. And so if if that is you. I'll just give you some encouragement to keep going or if you're at a place where you've thought you've been thinking about it you, you you'll never regret pursuing your health and fitness whatever that looks like for you and and also just know that you're worth it like you're worth hiring a personal trainer you're worth getting a gym membership you're worth getting a treadmill you're worth getting on a meal plan you're worth like and again whatever it looks like for you um But I really have noticed for me that how I bring myself to my health is kind of how I bring myself to everything, and it generates a lot of momentum in my life.
1: And if you want to see pictures, because obviously podcasting is just uh, visual, or sorry, it's just audio. You can see pictures of Chris in his all of his tanned glory on Instagram. Your handle is Chris Carter Smith.
0: Yep, Chris Carter Smith.
1: Yeah, so go if you want to see. Yeah, check him out.
0: The fake tan glory.
1: (laughs) Okay, last final thoughts. And maybe you've already done this and you have nothing more to say. But if you could tie a bow on on this episode, what would you say?
0: If I were to tie a bow on this episode, I would say that you really can do hard things. That's probably the number one thing. And number two is I've never met a person who doesn't have something that is kind of intriguing to them or calling to them. So, whatever that is for you, really consider what it would look like to move it from just an interest to actually getting committed to it. I don't think you'll regret pursuing it, no matter what the outcome is. So, you can do hard things and whatever that thing is that's calling to you, get committed to it and uh, go after it. Talk to you soon.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you.
0: You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed